0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show. Today, Greg Rosenthal of the NFL Network joins me. We're going to go team by team around the NFL, talking about possible fits for a Julio Jones trade. Some teams not interested, some teams can't make the math work, but we have a lot of viable trades and viable ideas for who might be in the running for a Julio Jones deal. Before we do that and get into today's episode, I wanted to quickly tell you about another ESPN podcast. You may have heard of him before. It's the excellent Bomani Jones and The Right Time with Bomani Jones, hosted, of course, by ESPN's Bomani Jones. Everything you're looking for is on this podcast. Some of the smartest conversations in the business with Bomani Jones and his guests, which, of course, include our friend Dominique Foxworth. Three times a week, you can check out Bomani on The Right Time with Bomani Jones. So Make sure you're downloading and following The Right Time with Bomani Jones wherever you get your podcast and also the ultimate fighter, the reality show that brings top MMA prospects together under one roof to compete for a UFC contract is back stream. The season premiere on Tuesday, June 1st, only on ESPN plus sign up now at ESPNPlus.com. plus.com. Without further ado, here's Greg talking about the Julio Jones trades around the NFL.
1: ESPN tournament challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. All right.
0: Joining me now here as promised on The Bill Barnwell Show. He's a writer. He is a podcaster. He is a starter projector. (laughs) He is a former boss of mine and now a friend and an excellent, excellent football analyst in his own right. It's the NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Greg, how are you?
2: That's stretching the word boss. I think you wrote a couple features for a fantasy magazine, you know, like once or, you know, a handful of times. It wasn't like a day-to-day boss. I I could not handle the drama that would come with being your day-to-day boss.
0: (laughs) That's fair. That's, that's, that's fair and warranted. That's why it was not a longer relationship than it was (laughs) my ego too big for Roto world, but unfortunately not too big for ESPN, but uh, (laughs) it's always a pleasure to have you on Greg Rosenthal. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Yeah. That was like, Thirteen or fourteen years ago, Um, we're still cranking along. Like this is this is a nice part of the off season because I'm just about ready, almost to hit the eject button and like take take some time off. But now, like I feel I feel like I'm ready for for training camp. Now I'm ready.
0: Now you're uh, the French Open is not typically at this time,
2: correct? It's a week later than normal, so we would normally be in the middle of it right now. But it's it's not too far off. We're not too far off the schedule.
0: Is that your cutoff point where? like once the French open shows up, you're just done with football until like July. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. There's like the French, the Wimbledon's like a few weeks later, just because of the schedule. Yeah. I'm going to be unplugging. We don't need to keep updating like what Aaron Rodgers is doing in Hawaii. Like I, I do think, don't you think this bill you've done it enough times that if we took like all the takes that we had, all the feelings about football we had in about the week after the draft, And then we just put it in a bottle. We didn't say anything. We didn't read anything. We didn't do anything until training camp started. We'd all be better off that way.
0: Yes, but this is your fault. Like (laughs) you were the one aggregating all this stuff for so long at Roto World.
2: We, yeah, that's a fair point. NFL Network also has like done mm-hmm. what they can to build, you know, the off season into something that never ends. But I'm I'm personally not I'm putting it out in the world because I don't I'm trying to stay away from doing what I, I found myself doing in years past, which is by the time the season starts, I start being a contrarian to my own takes from <laughs> earlier in the offseason because I've like been saying them too long. It's It's a problem. <laughs>
0: That's perfect. That is true. That is true. I do find myself as the offseason goes on being like, why did I think that three months ago? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and usually uh, the contrarian side of me turns out to be wrong. But we're not going to do that today. We are not going to file our takes into a void and then stop recording the podcast after three minutes. We're going to do a little bit of football content today uh, on the show. We are going to do our last bit, maybe, of football content for the foreseeable future um, at least when it comes at least when it comes to you i mean i know you're going to be doing the podcast but maybe it will switch to a different format for the next three months maybe it'll just be uh you know it'll be dan who's talking about 90s rock bands it'll be you doing tennis coverage that's not out of the question for the around the nfl podcast but for me personally i'm still on the football beat i have no choice i will be here but today we are going to be talking about julio jones um, this is not a new story necessarily, but it seems like it broke to a greater extent this week. Of course, uh, Julio Jones, I don't know how you feel about this, said uh, maybe without knowing he was on national television, which I'm a little skeptical of, uh, that he wanted out of Atlanta. Uh, your colleague Ian Rapoport, um reported that Julio Jones requested a trade earlier this year. It certainly seems like Julio Jones is on his way out of Atlanta.
2: I'm very skeptical of the idea that he didn't know he was on and that Shannon Sharp, you know, you got to give him a little credit too. like, he knows what he's sitting on there. He's sitting on a big story. He's friends with Julio Jones. You think they were going to risk that call going to voicemail on live TV? You we've you've done enough live TV build. Nothing (laughs) is organic. Everything is preplanned. Like when here's the moment when Skip Bayless said, Oh, I hope he's got the guts to answer. That was the (laughs) moment I knew it was fake. He was like a WWE partner, like getting his partner over. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I maybe, maybe there is a just a level of talent where you can do organic stuff on live television, but no. Uh, the the few ESPN products that have been foolish enough to put me on live television uh, <laughs> have prepared me pretty pretty essentially for that process. Um, so I agree with you. I think it was planned, but it, it certainly seems like Julio Jones wants to leave Atlanta. So the money is not unreasonable for an acquiring team three years, I think about $40 million. We've talked about possible trade compensation, but what we're going to do today is go through that trade compensation. We're going to go team by team and we're going to talk about whether, uh, we'll go division by division. Then we'll go with the teams within each of those divisions and try to figure out what teams would actually be in line to make a Julio Jones trade work. So I don't know if we're going to agree. We may have teams that you may be super into. And I may think have no shot and vice Mm. versa. Um, I wrote a little bit about this for my column, I believe this week or last week, one of those weeks about Julio Jones. So uh, we could talk about that as well, but let's start with, well, let's see, do you want to go NFC or AFC first?
2: Let's do AFC because that AFC. feels like more wide open. AFC, yeah. More
0: it does. Open. It does. I agree. I don't have a lot of teams in the NFC. Let's start AFC East. Let's start in the East Coast. Uh, we have Bill Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Great. Do you think any of those teams can piece together a viable trade for Julio Jones.
2: Well, sure. Yeah. The Patriots. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's I mean, a good place to start. Maybe the I mean, they, they've got, they've got the cap space still, by the way, good job by them using their cap space this year. Cause now everyone's got cap space for next year. If mm-hmm. you look at over the cap for next year, now that it's going back up 30 something million, you can push the money around. He'd make a lot of sense. You know, when I'm reading that Nelson Aguilar just looks you know, far and away better than any other receiver on the field uh, at OTAs. On one hand, it doesn't surprise me. On the other hand, it probably means you need more wide receivers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a fair, a fair point to make. And I mean, I, when it comes to the football fit here, I don't think anything should preclude the Patriots. I mean, certainly there is a need for a receiver. I know they added Nelson Agholor. I know they added Kendrick Bourne. I know they had Jacoby Myers. No, they have those two tight ends, but like, none of those people are Julio Jones. I mean, even if, like, none of those people are going to keep Julio Jones off the football field if you want to keep Julio Jones on your roster. And I would say they're going to have a quarterback in Mac Jones who's going to be on a rookie contract over the next at least three years, if not four years. So they'll have the cap space to work with uh, in the years to come. They, I, I guess the interesting part for me when it comes to the Patriots is that they haven't really made a trade like this with really one exception. You go back through history, Belichick has traded for veterans, but usually it's either sending late round picks for guys uh, or it's trading for guys who are younger than Julio Jones, who's 32, or it's trading for guys who are taking a pay cut. I mean, Randy Moss took a pay cut to $3 million. And that was a fourth round pick, I think in 2007, Corey Dillon, I think it was a two, but he took a pay cut and he cut, cut his pay in half, I believe, when he made that trade. Dwayne Starks was talking about guys from the past who Yikes. had a world blurbs 15 years ago. Uh, Dwayne Starks, I believe, also took a, a pay cut or had a pay restructure and was traded for a pick at the very end of the third round. So, I mean, for Julio Jones, you would figure this is going to be for a two at best. I, I don't know how you feel about what the compensation would look like. I don't know if it'll be a one, but I think more likely a second round pick. And for a guy who I can't imagine Julio Jones is going to take a pay cut, if anything, given Julio Jones's history, and I think this is not unfair given how good he's been. He's been a guy who's wanted to negotiate new deals with two years left on his existing contract. The Falcons deal he signed, which is just starting now uh, came with two years left on his existing deal. So it wouldn't shock me if Julio Jones plays well this year, if he came to camp next year and wanted a new contract. So, uh, that would be, I think, difficult and maybe unprecedented for the Patriots. But I don't know. Would you let that stand in the way of making a Julio Jones trade if you were Bill Belichick?
2: No. And I think the fact that Bill Belichick seems to really be running the show more than ever without a lot of overhead from the front office is a factor. And I think he just sees his roster you know, with clear eyes. Mm-hmm. that They don't haven't drafted anyone in the last... <laughs> three years that they're going to want to give a second contract to. So you've got to spend that money somewhere. I think he, you know, I think the idea that Julio has put it out there or that he's, you know, really close with cam and that he would like to play there. I think there's something to it that, you know, that he went on, um, undisputed, I think was significant and everything that happened over the last week was significant where it was, Julio take trying to take some control of the situation and making it clear like this deal is gonna happen. There's um, there's no doubt it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and he wanted to be kind of part of putting that story out there. Where I think he was in maybe his camp was seeing some of the stories last week and thinking like, why why are the Falcons the one starting to put this out there? I w- I want to get out. I will get out, and it sounds like the Patriots are one team he'd like to go to. And it sounds weirdly like the Falcons. Um, are like trying to really do right by Julio Jones. Not that that should be that weird, but that almost they, they don't want this to be ugly publicly and that, you know, in a perfect world, maybe they would trade him to a halfway decent team. And ideally in the AFC and there's a Patriots.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it does make sense. And they might eat some of the money. The Falcons might eat some of the money to get better draft compensation. So maybe the Patriots could justify it that way. If if it's like the Falcons ate five million dollars to get this deal done, I think um, he'll get a
2: first. By the way, I really do. You think he'll get a well, first? Well, you know, your colleague Diana, Diana Rossini said that there's one on the table, and I do think next year's firsts are a lot different than asking for a first right before the draft. Mm-hmm. But I think a team that thinks they're going to be decent would give it up. I mean, if the Rams can do it for Brandon Cooks and you know, it just seems it just seems like someone would give up a late uh, what they think will be a late first for Julio.
0: Yeah. Do you think it would be a straight first or like a first for Julio and a second or Julio and a third or just like a straight up first round pick for Julio Jones?
2: Yeah, maybe you get a third or a fourth back. That That's fair. But uh, I think, yeah, first.
0: So otherwise in the AFC East, Bills, Dolphins, Jets.
2: Jets have the room. I don't know if like he it, how much is Julio um will say, I want to be on a contender, whether that matters a lot, the jets would make plenty of sense to me too. I, you know, I, I don't see why it'd be a bad idea for them.
0: Yeah. I could see them packaging. One of those receivers, maybe Denzel Mims. I don't know how much the Falcons actually want Denzel Mims, maybe one of those receivers and maybe a two as opposed to a one. Cause you figure their one might be pretty high next year for Julio Jones. I mean, they've I, got I,
2: almost $80 million in cap space. Oh, wow. I really do think net for next year, like, Having 30 or 40 left over is kind of a waste. You should, you should try to spend closer to it.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I could see them justifying that deal for sure. With, with, after what happened with Sam Darnold, where it was three years of, oh, I don't know if he's got the weapons. And then kind of having to start over with Zach Wilson because you never really got that answer with Sam Darnold. I think having Julio Jones there kind of answers that for you immediately.
2: They don't have a one. They don't have a number one. They've got, they've got a nice receiver group. Corey I, Davis, yeah. Keelan Cole. It's okay. Um, you know, if, if more pans out as a slot guy, we'll see if Crowder stays there. Yeah. You could send Crowder back, although he's due a lot of money. So that doesn't make sense, but I, I feel like they, they won't do it. doesn't seem like something they want to do at this stage, but I would do it if I was them. Why not? Mm-hmm.
0: What about <laughs> the AFC North Ravens, Bengals, Browns and Steelers seems like the Steelers don't really have the cap space to pull that off. What about the other three teams?
2: You know, Justina Anderson, your former colleague, said she thought that the Ravens weren't interested, that Mm -hmm. they like had it solved. Not sure about that. The Browns, this is where I get into like the crazy Barnwell trades that he, (laughs) he, you know, puts up on ESPN Plus, which aren't like totally realistic, but are fun. Yes. Like, wouldn't it be kind of fun to send OBJ back to Julio Jones? I, I mean, I, I know there's there's cap things here, but I tend to think the cap stuff for Atlanta is overstated that yeah. it's it's more about Julio wanting out more about a kind of it was just time for a divorce. It sounds like there might even be some personal stuff going on behind the scenes. And like, OK, Julio, OBJ, make it happen. Would you if
0: you're the Falcons, would you want that in return?
2: I would, I, you know, I, I know they have a good receiver group, um, but I, I just think having four or five receivers is like the name of the game in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. And having a guy like OBJ or Julio at the top just makes the rest fit so much better. Like if you can't figure out how to use talent like that, that that's on you. Can you
0: think of a player who's had a career like Odell Beckham where it was three years right at the beginning of his career where he was an absolute like superstar, maybe top three or four player at his position. And now it's been four years where he's kind of been Mm. like either injured or okay. Like not great, but not, you know, not a, a dramatic difference maker.
2: No, not off the top of my head. It's so weird. I'm like RG three for one year. Yes. Uh, You know, but no, not, not like that where they start uh, like a house of fire. I, I still believe that, I, I would trade for him. Like uh, I, I, I think he should have value. I. This is. I. To be clear, I don't think this is remotely uh, realistic, and I. <laughs> I don't necessarily think the Browns uh, would even want to do it. But I. I. I am making all of these ideas, uh, with my evaluation that Julio Jones looked awesome last year. Like he looked. He, I. Yeah. I remember. I wrote in my notebook. I remember like. I thought he was still a top five receiver. When mm-hmm. he was on the field, he was still top five. Not even like top 10, 15, like top five receiver.
0: He averaged 11.3 yards per target last season. I mean, some of that wasn't garbage time. But he was still, he, he was not the problem with that football team by any means. Let me ask you briefly before we move on. If you're the Patriots and you wanted to trade for Odell Beckham, what would you be willing to give up?
2: I would give up the first.
0: Wow.
2: I wow. in. Mean- I'm into, well, first of all, they gave up a second for Mo So it's like Jacoby Myers is worth a first in that, uh, (laughs) like, calculus. But I I read that Mike Sando piece. I don't know if you saw it in The Athletic about um, sort of looking at the value of late first round picks and making the argument that trading for veterans, you know, essentially like the Rams and and now the Chiefs have done it somewhat uh, to the Orlando Brown trade. Like you, you can look at the value m- make sense there that less than half of those late first round picks even get their fifth year option picked up, which means you're, you're, you're pretty much a disappointment. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's something to that.
0: I appreciate that you are, uh, this is really across the entire NFL spectrum an ESPN podcast with an NFL network guest where you've hyped up, uh, by name undisputed on FS1 and now. <laughs> Mike Sando, or the colleague, former colleague and friend, Mike Sando's work on the athletics, so really across the entire NFL spectrum here.
2: Host, uh, Josina uh, too, I you know. And Josina, yeah, we're a shrinking business, Bill. So you gotta like, we got <laughs> to close ranks and put our arms around each other. You know, we all might be working together soon. We
0: are all we have. Just one one big uh, global content farm coming up. <laughs> AFC South. I think there's some interesting teams here. I've seen. Really, everyone besides the Texans brought up as possible suitors for Julio Jones. Do any of the other three teams stand out as most likely to you?
2: Yeah. Um, the Titans. I mean, the okay. Titans and the Colts might be the two most likely in the entire NFL. I wow. So putting, putting one over the other almost feels uh, wrong because I think they both... Um, are, would be highly motivated. I would put the Colts significantly ahead though, because their cap situation is in so much uh, easier shape to make it mm-hmm. go down. Uh, but to me, that, that receiver group, Hilton, Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach pascal it's okay. But like everyone looks so much better if you move them down a mm-hmm. slot. And I think for the first time ever, here's a hot, I don't know if this is a hot take. This is like the first off season ever that I, look at Chris Ballard's Colts and think like you're not ascending anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like they need to do something more to, to, to try to ascend. They feel like, I feel like they've taken maybe a little step back.
0: I agree. I mean, I think losing Costanzo really hurt and they got rid of Justin Houston. They only replaced him in the draft. Um, they're Autry, really dependent.
2: And then Wentz.
0: And then women I Wentz is interesting. Like I could see the, why they took the shot on Wentz, but who knows? Like, I think he's going to be fine, but I don't think he's going to be like the top 10 guy he was a few years ago. Um, my only concern here is just, you know, do they have the draft capital to make this work? I mean, they have next year a conditional two, possibly a one, going to the Eagles for wins. So do they want to be without realistically their top two picks next year? Um, are they going to give up a number one in? in 2023 and then be without ones in 22 and 23, possibly for Julio Jones and And Carson. that just doesn't strike me like a move they would be desperate to make. I mean, maybe they do it differently and they send Pittman and maybe they, uh, they can get away with a three, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would rather have Pittman in a three than some of the other offers out there. If I can get a first round pick from somebody else.
2: Well, this is why you're at ESPN. That's fair. You know, and all of us, we're elsewhere. Cause that's a great point. I um wonder if a 20, maybe when I saw that report uh, by the way mm-hmm. about the first being offered, it did occur to me. I wonder if it's a 2023 first, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and, and they want to like put that out there that they, they do have one on the table, but you, you know, you would certainly rather have it be sooner. It, it's out of character for Ballard. You know, they did it for, DeForest Buckner, though, yep. and now they've done it for Wentz. And I do feel like they've they've saved all this cap space over the years. What's it for? You know, use it. <laughs> you, it's, yeah. it's for Are moments like f- this. It's <laughs> it's moments. It's for moments like this to use the space to use the space.
0: I thought you meant you were asking philosophically. Like, like, what is the what <laughs> is the point of cap space on, on Earth? And I was like, it's a fair question. I was really plumbing the decks to try and figure out what the answer was, but you were just talking about it from that perspective, which makes more sense.
2: Well, I think um, metaphysically you could talk about it too. I do yeah. think about that every year when people are all excited and that there's four teams with $40 million in cap space. <laughs> I do think about that. I was like, well, why is no one criticizing these teams? Wouldn't it help to use all the cap space? That's fair. You figure it like, wouldn't the smartest teams um, find a way to spend close to it every year and plan for the future? Isn't that possible? Seems like it should be. And I think there are. I think there are teams doing that. That's fair.
0: I agree. Um, I I think the Colts will spend money as they re-sign Quentin Nelson this year, probably, and Darius Leonard. But if they want to get this deal done, I think they can still do it and still find a way to make it work. I think it would depend on what the other offers are, because I think it would probably take Pittman and a pick to get that deal done. Um, You mentioned Tennessee as well
2: well their number 2 receiver right now is Josh Reynolds. Their number 3 <laughs> the receiver disdain. I like look, look Josh Reynolds if you went to Rams training camp every year like I have just cuz it's you know mostly cuz it's close mm-hmm. you know you'd always hear from the Rams oh yeah Josh Reynolds like well, he's going to be amazing but you know when it came to it they didn't offer him a second contract he never mm-hmm. had a ton of production he was their fourth receiver he never climbed above that. The Titans third receiver is either Chester Rogers, former Colt, okay. sure, Cam Batson, sure, not familiar with um, too much.
0: I could say that you stopped playing fantasy football if in a fourth, Batson.
2: right? In a fourth uh, round pick, Des Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. So that seems problematic to me.
0: Another former Colt on the roster, I believe, in Marcus Johnson.
2: Is he on the Titans either yeah. way? They have like no cap space, but I do believe like you you could push future money around, mm-hmm. especially with Tannehill if you really wanted to, but uh, that, that, that offense just, you know, without John the, the double losing of Don, John Smith and Corey Davis mm-hmm. with zero replacement feels significant.
0: It does. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you sort of have to know what you're getting into if you make this trade, because if you trade for Julio, You're giving AJ Brown a big contract after this season and deservedly. I mean, AJ Brown is awesome. He's an incredible receiver. You probably have one of the top two or three, you know, one, two punches at White in football if you make this trade, but you're like, you have six guys on offense. You have Tannehill, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Taylor Lewan, and I guess Roger Saffold. And like, that's it. You can't spend any more money. On any of your other positions, you have to just develop through the draft and hope that you find some guys for the cheap. But um, I, you know, I, I could see the logic for sure, and I think it would work. I just, I, 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 I think they would consider it. I would be surprised if that's how they want to run the team, just because they are such a run heavy team, right? I mean, does it does it really make sense that I have two very expensive wide receivers after this season?
2: That it's a fair point. But they yeah, might at Julio is not just like a one year fix. You know, part of it here is the um, getting off the bus factor. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I always think the Titans are just like the the most swole team in the NFL. You know, they're just <laughs> like when they get out, you know, it's like this. Uh, this guy looks good getting off the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the Titans as a team. So who's better than that at wide receiver than Julio? Like Julio and A.J. Brown could do the new the. The picture uh of like <laughs> AJ, aj and dk, DK Metcalf, it. it'd be perfect
0: that's why you got to make this deal you got it just to just for the memes i agree <laughs> i i I could totally see that trade happening i i think there are arguments to raise against it but i also think it's totally plausible
2: I what are the arguments i don't know i guess i'm i'm a like you're very life... top heavy i'm yeah no i get it and they they spend a lot on defense too i i sort of liked what they did on defense um yeah but i'm also like a life is short um and these jobs are short and mm-hmm. julio jones is amazing that's sort of why i just think like every team should be trying to
0: <laughs> it would be a much longer <laughs> podcast if we went that way
2: um i i pitched the jacksonville
0: jaguars in my column as what i thought was the best fit around the league
2: for who wow. we- the best fit and I For Julio though, like, yeah, would he, he want to, okay.
0: Would he want to, I mean, I don't know. I, I think this offense could be pretty good. Like I think the line is fine. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. It sort of feels like, do you remember when Andrew Luck was entering the league and I think Reggie
2: Wayne wanted
0: out of Indy. Am I crazy exactly. here?
2: Sounds, sounds possible. I think sounds he right.
0: want. I think he wanted out. And then like Andrew Luck showed up. And like two weeks in, he was like, oh, no, I'm fine. Like, we're good. <laughs> like, like, like you know, he had that one terrible year and then Andrew Luck came back and he's like, oh, no, oh, oh, this is actually going to be good. Okay, we can do this. Um, it kind of feels like that, right? I feel like if you get Julio Jones with Trevor Lawrence for a couple of weeks, he's going to be like, okay, this is going to be fine. I, I think the AFC South is more up for the taking than people give it credit for, given that Tennessee lost a bunch to free agency, given that Houston is a disaster, um, given that Indy... I mean, we don't know about Carson Wentz and how good he's going to be. I think that you want to get Trevor Lawrence as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And I think if you are really going to play Travis Etienne as that sort of like hybrid receiver running back, that's LaVisca Chenault's role. So I said trade Chenault in a second round pick, which would probably be, you know, most likely a pretty high second round pick, although it doesn't have to necessarily be. For Julio Jones, you have the cap space. He's a star player for a team that is always struggling to attract full stadiums. They have passionate fans, just not always uh, 75,000 of them uh, from week to week basis. But you get a number one receiver, a true number one receiver for your young quarterback, a safety valve, a guy who's going to build your quarterback out, and something to continue to excite the fan base. And I think a guy who can be um, you know, valuable for the course of the next three years when Trevor Lawrence is
2: cheap makes a lot of sense. You're not worried um, about the the blowback from trading Chenault from the public?
0: I, I will say, I will say, I did get a tweet from somebody when I pitched this who said, uh, why would the Jaguars trade Leviska Chenault for Julio Jones when Leviska Chenault would be the best player in that deal? And I just, <laughs> we are, you know, we are, um we are on Twitter and anyone can say anything on Twitter. Uh,
2: he said he out. had some moments. He feels uh, Chenault like, he could be Debo Samuel light, although he's not lighter than Debo Samuel, but the, the same sort of player. So if I was the Falcons, that is intriguing to me because that is, that really is two draft picks. You're getting yeah. three years of Chenault's rookie contract. And to me, he in a perfect world actually kind of is like a most, type type uh, for in his career, you know, a mm-hmm. nice two, three physical, that you add with Ridley and you get the, the pick next year. It, do, it does make a lot of sense. I would love to see Jacksonville, you know, like bring Julio over to London every year like that. Mm-hmm. It all, it all works. Take a shot. Like
0: th- you have the star quarterback. This is your time. Like go for it. Maybe you end up winning the division this year. Like the worst they, case they there would there, give him more money.
2: Goes. Cause they would like say, it it wouldn't be an apology contract (laughs) like Mark Sanchez got from the jets, but it, it would be a little bit of a Jacksonville tax. Like, well, we know you're not totally thrilled about this. We'll give you even more money.
0: It wouldn't be the Nick Foles thing. The we have to pay him more because he has to have credibility in the locker room. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I don't know if Julio cares about going to a team that has not won a lot, uh, mm-hmm. if that really is a factor, but money would, would change that equation. Yes.
0: What about the AFC West? Um, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, any of these teams stand out to you as a Julio Jones fit?
2: I feel like all my most likely teams were in the AFC because almost other than the Broncos who are, you know, stacked with wide receivers, mm-hmm. and, like, I don't think it's going to happen. I almost feel like any of these teams um, would make sense. The Raiders are the team, I think, that would most likely do it just because if you're John Gruden at some point, I think you're like, am I really going to let old Mayock take uh, Leatherwood or Arnett or Cleveland Farrell next year? No, let's get Julio Jones for this year and you can trade our first for next year. All right, let's have some fun.
0: (laughs) <laughs> just picturing John Gruden just trading away all of his picks just to spite Mike Mayock.
2: <laughs> no, not to spike him, but to trade a first when, when they don't have a wide receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. I think wide receiver is one of their weakest positions. It's got, they've got Ruggs, they've got John Brown, they've got Edwards, they've got Renfro. I think there's a pretty strong argument, and I, at least I would make it, that today if you're lining up, John Brown is your best receiver if he's mm-hmm. healthy. So that's, you know, you can upgrade there.
0: I was reading Vic Taffer's uh, mailbag at The Athletic, and he was talking about how Zay Jones has looked great um, or has, has been really, uh, has put a really good spring in when it's kind of mm. to getting in shape, which, I mean, I don't, uh, that feels very like May fantasy to me, like the Zay Jones bounce back season.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. They, I mean, they are different, Operation. They're kind of zigging while the rest of the league is zagging and they're doing condensed formations and they're going to play two tight ends and they're full back, mm-hmm. but they're a pretty good offense. They're efficient. Yeah. Julio might not put up huge numbers there, but man, he would, he would change the equation. And I just feel like part of the factor and all of this is like, which GM is or which team is actually going to be crazy enough and gutsy enough. If you want to put it you know, a different way to say it, to do it. And I think the Raiders, mm-hmm do fit that mold.
0: For sure. 100%. Would you trade rugs as part of a deal?
2: I would because I was not overly excited about rugs. I, I can't imagine that happening though.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised, but I mean, I I would be intrigued. I think rugs would be a great fit for Atlanta. If you can get like something back for Hooligans, if you can get rugs back as a downfield threat or like a uh, yards after catch threat mm. in that offense. I think that'd be really exciting
2: rugs in a second. I mean, you're right. See Bill, you're smart throwing in these veterans, like the, the, the rookie deal veterans. We need to have more con, you know, trades like that in the NFL.
0: I love player for player trades. You know, that's important to me.
2: It's happening more. I mean, I, I remember the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl writing a whole thing about how those two teams had traded more than any teams in the mm-hmm. league the last, you know, the five years before that. And it was like a different way of building teams. And I, I really, you know, trades are up, you know, it's not just, um, like, a uh, analytic thought piece. Like they're going up every year. Let's do it. Let's be more like the NBA.
0: Everyone criticizing Howie Roseman out here. You don't get it. Howie Roseman does more player for player trades than anybody.
2: Yeah. He's had his ups and downs. <laughs> I, I, still, I still believe. I still believe.
0: Just picturing on, on his, on, uh, his Eagles tombstone, Howie Roseman. He had his ups and downs. It's fair. Yes. Um, anywhere else in the AFC West that interests you?
2: I mean, the, the Chargers are so thin at wide receiver after Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, they do have cap space. Um they're opening up this new stadium, which I think is gonna be tough to fill with Chargers fans. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it makes a lot of football sense. Um, I'm you know, if I'm the Chargers, I would wanna I would think that I'm I'm ready to compete right now. I don't see why not.
0: What would befall Julio Jones within his first week of arriving
2: at the Falcons oh, facility or church facility? Don't do that to him. Don't do that to them. I also think they need to be like an offense first team. I know that you know they have a defensive coach, um, and so they'll count on him. But the, the I think the personnel is better on offense. And you add oh, Julio sure. to it, and move. they don't really have a third receiver right now. You know, it's their um, it's it's Josh their Palmer, it's probably Josh Palmer, but. They don't really have one and it kind of falls off a cliff after that. The Chiefs are kind of a sneaky, like, hey, I could see them doing it team two, just because they don't seem that afraid of trading their picks.
0: I miss when like all of Philip Rivers receivers would get hurt and like some guy like like say say Ashura tutu would come out of nowhere <laughs> and have a two touchdown game, um, and then disappear for six weeks. Uh, I miss those days <laughs> with the Chargers, but I agree. I mean, I, I think the Chargers justify it. I think. It, it it's tough cuz i think you're moving on from mike williams after this year probably unless you're going to move on from keenan allen after this year which i don't think is i mean i guess it's plausible but right they're um, both
2: maybe coming up you know closer to the end but especially williams who's on the last year of his contract and has been good but not probably second contract worthy
0: yeah it's 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 weird like i think he's going to get paid by somebody but i don't know if it'll be by the chargers
2: don't i see what i'm really afraid of and i'm like a i'm not a chargers fan but i'm I'm a, I was a Philip rivers fan and now I'm a Justin Herbert fan. So mm-hmm. it's basically, I've become a chargers fan because of that. My nightmare is that they're going to ruin, you know, Herbert, like they're waste Herbert, like they did rivers. And so getting Julio, that would prevent that.
0: I think that's fair. I, I would certainly be open to that. I mentioned the chiefs. I mean, I I could see them making sense. Um, I don't know if the Falcons would want McCole Hardman back as part of a deal. Um, but I mean, you look at this roster, I was writing about this for next week, like if they lose Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, those receivers are scary. Yep. Like for all the offensive linemen they've added, they would be nothing at receiver if they lost one of those guys.
2: Right. And, and in and the offensive li- offensive lines are so unpredictable. They added, you know, they had, they did what they had to do and they did a good job. But it's like, if you told me they were just a mediocre mid-level offensive line, which which they have been for, you know, chunks of the Mahomes era. Mm-hmm. That, that would be very believable to me. It's a totally new group playing together. Um, disparate talents, some some risk, no right tackle, really. And it's like, okay, you're not you're an okay offensive line. You're right. They're so reliant on those two players. They you mentioned the Titans having a lot, you know, of players taking up such a big part of the cap, the chiefs mm-hmm. would be an even bigger extreme sure. example of that if they added Julio, but they could probably make it work with making guys push money into the future.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have to parallel no to Brown pretty soon. I, I, I think if they, if Andy Reid really wanted to do it at the end of the day, they could pull it off. I don't know if it's what I would do with them. I think they, they probably need to just start keeping some of those picks because they do have to, have players around the homes when he, his contract rises after this year, but I think you can make it work. Um, you mentioned the Broncos. I mean, I know they are set at receiver. They have a ton of receivers, but would you consider <laughs> trying to get more aggressive and trading one of those guys back to the Falcons as part of a Julio trade to say, okay, like we don't have that, the true number one, number one guy. And even though we have, you know, three or four really interesting guys, maybe better to have, two interesting guys and one true number
2: one. I think Cortland Sutton is, is a true number one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That he's that good. I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL, which you don't want to just assume um, means nothing, but I, I think Cortland Sutton is that guy and Jerry Judy eventually might not be too far off, but, but I like what you're putting out there. Cause I think if you're Atlanta and you're trading Julio, I'm annoyed by that. I wanted to see Julio on this team until this last week. I really didn't totally believe this was going to happen mm-hmm. because it's like, why wouldn't you go score go try to score 35 points a game mm-hmm. with that talent? there and Arthur Smith, like you could absolutely be like kind of a 2014 Cowboys or 2017 Cowboys where your defense is pretty mediocre, but you get like a three seed. I did not think that was Mm -hmm. out of the realm of possibility. So what you're putting out there, getting like a Judy back would be the guy I'd want.
0: Yeah. Then
2: suddenly you can feel like you can still go after that. You can still go after that total juggernaut offense.
0: If you have Julio and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. Yeah, and Noah Fant,
2: that's still really good. Alberto, I like too. I like you're you um, Albert
0: Alberto guy.
2: I am man. He looked so exp- he looked like one of the five most like explosive tight ends in football. And then he tore his wow. ACL, and he's t- Noah Fant's backup. And and then you get Javante Williams. I like. I really want to root for the Broncos. I'm a Teddy. You know, I'm just. You know, it's it's hard, it's hard out here for the Teddy stands, but he, it is a good situation for him if they can block.
0: Are you do you prefer Albert O to uh our another former Rudolph person, Adam Levitan is big on Donald Parham? Are you uh, do you oh, prefer yeah. Albert O to Donald Parham? Really?
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think I think Albert O had I don't think I'm even talking crazy here. I think he has some real like top ten tight end overall. Upside there, he looked crazy last year. Him wow. and fan, I mean, they're the Broncos. I just want, I want the Broncos to be good. I want the Broncos to be good with Teddy. It's probably not going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, but I think they could be a fun, like they, their ceiling to me is very high. Don't you mm-hmm. think? It's possible. I agree.
0: I agree. If they can get, if they, if we left quarterback out, I think they would have like a top eight roster.
2: Right. That was what I said in, in projected starters was if you took quarterback and offensive line out, which is you know. Important. Pretty significant. <laughs> yeah. uh, they would, I would say top five roster because to me, uh, they're a top you know, three roster defense and, and the skill position and talent is, is, is up there, too.
0: That's all true. And yet, if you ask me what the record was going to be in 2021, I would say
2: eight and nine. I'm going over. I don't know what it even is set at, but I'm going over. <laughs> it's, like I that,
0: feel it. it's like that Sam Miller tweet about the Rays. Uh, the Rays made a great trade. Who did they get and what did they give up? But it was a great trade. <laughs> that's what it feels like for the broncos <laughs> over whatever um so we had all these interesting teams to talk about in the afc eh, let's get to the nfc and there's not a ton here i mean let's start with the nfc south i would just assume they're not going to trade him to another team in the nfc south is that fair to say
2: i think it's absolutely fair and i'm not even sure there's a team that would make sense anyway so yeah we can move
0: right. on. right uh nfc west is there a team that makes sense
2: yeah, the Rams and the Hawks, because they rank high on the will do it scale. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Hawks don't have their first round pick so that you would think would could eliminate them. But it's like we've seen it. They do it. They did it for Percy Arvin. They did it for Jamal Adams. Um, you never know. I know they have two receivers that should be there a long time, so maybe it doesn't totally make sense. And then the Rams, we know they would do it if, if at all possible, like if they can find another first round pick, but they can't like, they can't trade it. So maybe that's the first round pick that the Falcons got offered the Rams, like twenty twenty four 24 pick, which just became like able to trade. I forget how many years away you're allowed to trade it, but that's all the Rams have. So they don't really have many options.
0: So uh, the Niners are not, not an option for you.
2: The Niners I should throw in there too. Yes. Because of Kyle Shanahan, and because like they'd be crazy not to examine it. They're sneaky thin, right? After Ayuk and Samuel, which is great, but like after that, they don't really have a wide receiver, and those two guys haven't, you know, shown that they can be durable yet.
0: You're not on the Jalen Hurd is still going to be good bandwagon.
2: I mean, show it to me, I guess. Sure. Show it to me, get on the field. Sure. I mean, yeah, they, but they don't they don't you gotta be with me. They don't really have a third receiver a wide receiver right now. Now they're I a agree. team that doesn't use a third receiver as much as most teams, but still.
0: Have you seen who's on the back end of the step track for the Niners? You have because you've done projected starters.
2: Yeah, it's just a lot of people that I was just like, nope, I'm not gonna write them down as a starter. <laughs> I'm gonna put Kyle Yu's check as a starter. <laughs> just because like, I think Kyle Juszczyk will wind up getting more snaps than any of these other, than most of new Travis
0: Benjamin, Trent Shurfield, Benny Fowler. Is that the, is that the actual bears Kevin White?
2: Uh, yeah, it is. It he is. was on wow. their team late last season. Too. Kevin White wearing was, number 88. I think he played, he played very briefly if I'm not mistaken. I um, would love to see Julio on this team. Oh, my gosh. Of course. If, if I would be a little anxious if I was the Falcons him, and like expecting to see Julio in the Super Bowl, making one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history, except mm-hmm. this time the 49ers closed the deal.
0: What a tape grinder you are. Nine stops last year for Kevin White on the 49ers. Rick Rosenthal was watching wow. them all.
2: It's a vague memory. I just was like, what? Kevin White's playing football for the 49ers. It was just, it was a moment. I remember. Return to
0: kick. Had one kick return. Um, Would you, if you're the Niners, do you package Ayuk in this trade or do you want to keep all
2: your receivers? No, those two guys are untouchable. Ayuk, I'm so high on Ayuk. I guess I just, I'm like John Gruden, I'm high on everyone, but (laughs) he really looked awesome it, the, the, all the young ride receivers were so good last year that I think Ayuk was under the radar to, you know, he looked like he could be a real true. Number one, I could not have been more wrong about Ayuk coming out of college than what he looked like last year.
0: You had a strong opinion about IU coming out of school.
2: Well, after I watched him, yeah, I did try to watch all the receivers last year and he was like the one I just, I didn't understand. And then Kyle Shanahan takes him and it's like, okay, well, Kyle Shanahan knows a lot more than me. <laughs> he probably knows what he's doing here. And he did, he did, he looks awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that they look good. So I'm not gonna fault you too much on that one. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think they would, they sort of fit your criteria of like, would they do this? Like, are they that kind of team where they would, you know, fall over themselves to make a Julio Jones trade. Yeah, yes, if there's a guy they love, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get that guy. And I can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan did not love Julio Jones after having him for two years.
2: He said as much. Don't you think too, that they feel not that it's like a win or else year, uh, but they really want to have a good year. They've had one winning season out of four. This is the fifth season for for Shanahan and Lynch. And and they've had so much bad luck. I I do feel like they feel like they can win a Super Bowl right now, even with Trey Lance if he's if he ends up starting.
0: Yeah, and you know what would make Trey Lance better? Julio Dude. Jones.
2: <laughs> Julio I'm, Jones. Yeah, you don't have to sell me. They could. They have some cap space too, which again, I think you can play around with these things, but it does make it easier for them that they they could afford him.
0: They have. They will certainly have cap space, especially after they eventually move on from Jimmy G, whether it's this year, uh, this September or this off season, they will have space to work with. Certainly. Um, NFC East, any of the teams in the NFC East seem plausible to you.
2: The Eagles are sneakily in worse cap situation than the Falcons. They, They are like the two teams that are in the worst situation. So that eliminates the one team that, you know, I think would be motivated and has the need and, and would do it, but it just doesn't seem feasible. It also doesn't necessarily line up with kind of where they are in terms of building up their roster.
0: Yeah, I think under different circumstances, yes, not under these current circumstances though. And then we are left with the NFC North. Um, are there any teams to finish up here who you feel like would be interested in the Julio Jones trade?
2: I mean, the Packers are like, wouldn't that be spicy? If I they get it now? Not a ton of cap space, but it would be spicy. I don't you know. Mentioned,
0: I you mentioned that I write trade pieces for ESPN that don't make a ton of sense, but are interesting to read.
2: That's not what I was saying. I was just saying you are ahead of where NFL teams are in terms of your football mind. You, you know, they, they're not as creative and like, uh, ag- you know, aggressive as you sometimes are and that they should be, frankly.
0: Can I give you an aggressive trade idea to end this column? Please. Or end this podcast. You want, let, me, let me ask you first, can you guess? What my idea is?
2: Did it include Daniel Hunter and the Vikings? Because that's no. where I was going. Okay, it's the Packers. Then no, I'm not going to guess it. I'm gonna okay. Tell me.
0: Here's how you solve the Packers' problems in one fell swoop, and this is problems for a team that's gone 13 and three the past two years and made it within uh, one game of the Super Bowl twice. So good problems, relatively. Cap is a concern, but it's not a concern if you give Aaron Rodgers a multi-year extension. Okay. You create the cast pace in the short term. Rogers locked in as the starter for the next few years. Well, that means Jordan Love is no longer a yeah. significant part yeah. of your football team. So then you yeah. trade Jordan Love to the Falcons for yeah. Julio Jones. And Jordan Love is the quarterback of the future after Matt Ryan. Everybody wins in this trade.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's why you listen to the Bill Barnwell podcast. Dude. He finished it. He closed it. All, all the puzzle pieces fit together. I love it. And it, it I, I truly do love it because when the, when this all happened, I thought just like, why don't they just trade Jordan Love? Is it really that hard? <laughs> um, I, I know you just took him, but it's like things have changed. People would want Jordan Love like you could get a second back for him. Right. Uh, in this case, you can get Julio Jones back for him. Yes. Not- I am. I'm amazed. And by the way, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for being as upset as he is, assuming the reporting is accurate, that he asked for a contract extension after the MVP. And at that point, they basically said, no, we'll only guarantee 2021. That is worth going to Hawaii and hanging out with Miles Teller. You know, like that's worth it like that. That is the moment where you should just, you know, stand your ground and see what happens. And this would solve everything. Bill Barnwell did it. Get him in there hashtag Barnwell for Packers GM, like get Guttekunst out of there. I'm, get Barnwell in.
0: I'm going to point out Aaron Rodgers has never, uh, there's never been rumors that Aaron Rodgers wanted to get me fired. Not happened. I've been around for a long time. I've been around for the entirety of Aaron Rodgers career. My career as a football writer started right around the time Aaron Rodgers career started at the NFL. Mm. Never happened once.
2: I think he'd be a fan of you. I'm, I am I bet he is a fan of you because he he's a cerebral gra- guy. Um, he likes he likes people that, you know, aren't like the shock jocks and everything. I think he'd be totally down. I think you would be, you know, you wouldn't have much leverage, Bill. So I think Mark Murphy, like the team president and LaFleur would both like the idea because they could control you. Yes. Oh, for um, sure. You wouldn't get a great contract like they would. They would be winning that power struggle. So you're right. Everybody wins.
0: I would be a puppet immediately, right? I I, I would, I would come to the press conference with actual strings and I would let Mark Murphy, uh, and Matt LaFleur just, just pull my arms up and down as I was answering questions.
2: But you would be like the guy who it's like, you did something really great that changed the entire company. And then after that, you just kind of put your feet up. It's Mm -hmm. like I I don't know what, I don't have a good uh, analogy for this, but basically, yeah, you're the guy who did it, did something early on that created the company's value and then really didn't have a second idea, but that's fine. Your first idea was worth so much, that's all you need.
0: Unlike the guy who invented uh, the like for Facebook. Right, (laughs) there you go. That's all I needed, that's that one idea. It solves everyone's problem, everybody wins. Podcast is over. We solve the Julio Jones situation. Greg Rosenthal, where can people check out your work?
2: The Around the NFL podcast. You know, we're cranking out a couple of times a week. Uh, we got the Jesselnick and Rosenthal Vanity Project uh, with my friend, Anthony Jesselnick, who's a, a comedian. And uh, that comes out every week. That's a nice little side hustle. It's all about the side hustle, Bill. Uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Multiple podcasts. An excellent, excellent, excellent NFL analyst. Excellent guest of the Bill Barnwell Show. Greg Rosenthal, thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. All right. Thanks so much, as always, to my guest, Greg Rosenthal of NFL Network. Love having Greg on the show. Someone I've talked to about football now for 15 years, which is a little scary, but is uh, sadly true. Very old. At least I am. Greg still looks exactly the same as he did when he was uh, my boss 15 years ago at Roto World. But check out Greg's show. Check out around the NFL. Of course, one of the best podcasts on the planet talking NFL. We're off more football stuff coming next week. Thanks so much for listening. More audio on the way.